Redeemer family, I figured out the name to this. It is Lent Conversations. So welcome to Lent Conversations week three. And in honor of week three, we did it. All three of us are here. So you got Pastor Mac, Rachel, myself, um, and we're excited to dive into this conversation on the theme for this week, which is dwell. And so we're looking at Psalm 43. Something I forgot to do last week, but I'm going to do on this episode is read the Psalm, um, and then we will dive in. So I'm going to read Psalm 43, and then we'll get into the content. Psalm 43, I'm reading from the NIV. Vindicate me, my God, and plead my cause against an unfaithful nation. Rescue me from those who are deceitful and wicked. You are God, my stronghold. Why have you rejected me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? Send me your light and your faithful care and let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy mountain, to the place where you dwell. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God, my joy and my delight. I will praise you with the lyre, O God, my God. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So right off the bat, when I read this psalm, I was very convicted personally by verse 5. I feel like the psalmist is asking this question that he already knows the answer to, which I feel like I do in my own life. But why, my soul, are you downcast? Why are you so disturbed within me? And then the answer of put your hope in God sort of is revealing that the psalmist is wrestling this with this reality that the reason often that we're downcast or the reason we're so disturbed is because we've sought God in somewhere that God is not right. Mm. This idea of avoiding God as opposed to dwelling with God and realizing that God ultimately dwells with us. And so the first question I would have for you all, and I'll answer it myself is where are the places that you go in avoidance, right? Either knowingly or unknowingly. And for me, as I thought about this, I think the top ones for me, there's a a few, um, but busyness, uh, productivity, and perfectionism are these spaces that um, they can look like healthy places, right? They can look like, oh, I'm getting a lot done, or I'm being super accomplishing things, or I'm doing really well. But for me, they've become places of avoidance and almost like coping mechanisms to to avoid God and just say, like, I'm just going to power through. Like when I'm feeling um, off kilter, then Uh, I find myself trying to grip and control more um, and find things that I know that I can succeed at, that I can start checking off the box. And so sometimes that's not negative. Sometimes that's okay in my life to be accomplishing things, not saying don't accomplish things. Um, But oftentimes when I find myself in a space when that's all that I'm doing, I'm not doing a lot of praying, not doing a lot of Mm -hmm. silence. I'm not doing a lot of stillness. I'm just trying to do a lot of like, dishes and cleaning and getting things done in my professional life. And I notice for me, those are seasons or places where I'm avoiding God and using kind of even good things to cover up the fact that my soul is downcast. I am really not feeling good. Um, so yeah, I wonder what that's, what that is for you. Uh, Pastor Mac, why don't you kick us off? What, what is, where do you, you know, when you're avoiding? I have three things that come to mind. The first one is exactly what you said, right? I try to do a lot of things. I tend, I tend to go into a cleaning frenzy typically when I'm, when I'm upset or when I just feel really dissatisfied with life, I go into a cleaning frenzy 
because I feel like if I can get things clean, then I'll feel good about myself, right? Kind of like when we try to clean up ourselves, mm. right? But I usually get halfway through that and be like, yeah, I'm done. It's too much work anyway. Just <laughs> find another way. And then that leads to the second thing, which is kind of the opposite of it. And it's leisure, right? I lean really heavily into leisure, just doing, trying to veg out, trying to, you know, do nothing at all. And, and of course, that's a problem because then I'm typically avoiding things that need to get done. And, and, and all. but the, the third thing I found, you talked about knowingly and unknowingly. I learned that unknowingly, what I lean into is this really unhealthy dependence on other people. Mm. And by that, I mean, I'll find that um, silence starts to get deafening. So I'll just start randomly calling people in my phone. Yeah. I'll just start randomly calling people that I, I don't even really love talking to all that much. <laughs> but they just they just happen to answer because my first three, four choices didn't answer, right? And when the first person does, doesn't answer, I, I go through these even conversations with God, like, God, I know you don't want me on the phone. I know you want me to do something else, but I'm going to call this person. But they didn't answer. That Maybe that means I should pray. I'll call this next person, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's um, yeah, so the, yeah, those are probably the top three ways that I find myself leaning into or getting into avoidance when I know I need to just sit in solitude. I need to just sit in silence. I need to be praying, reading, whatever it is. So. That's good. You just gave away a secret. Now we know if you call us that you may be struggling and we might just hang up on you or not answer. Or I may genuinely need to talk to you or, or want to talk to you. So you'll never know. <laughs> we'll never, never know. Yeah, you'll know. Rachel, what is it for you, yeah. um, those places that you go and you're avoiding? Yeah, I think, um, let's see. I think I try to control things. I wish I had the cleaning thing that you guys have, but I don't. <laughs> organize things or you know like I just try to control as much as I can um and then probably avoidance so like throw myself into tv and just like watch tv or just try to avoid people altogether probably the opposite of you Leon I just like <laughs> I, I don't want to have anything to do with anybody I just kind of want to avoid um so I would say yeah control and avoid and I'm yeah yeah. Yeah. And so the formation practice that I suggested in the devotional this week was fasting, like using fasting as a way to get at or uncover. Right. I I think that knowingly or unknowingly, most of us probably are in the unknowingly category. We don't even realize. And I think that's what I love about Lent is it's this time when we say, let me on purpose choose some things um, to not do or not engage with. And, and see how I'm responding to those, right? Like even in our own physical bodies, if it's food, um, it, that hunger, how do I respond when I'm hungry? Like things like that. And so I would love to just talk, yeah, a little bit about fasting, what it's been like in your life, um, share any experiences you've had with fasting, why we fast. Um, I think it would be cool just for people to hear three probably different perspectives on fasting, but all ways in which fasting has been beneficial. So Rachel, why don't you kick this one, kick this one off. What's sure. fasting like for you? Um, yeah. What have you seen God do through fasting in your life? Yeah, I think fasting has probably changed for me over um, like time and life situation. I think um, especially when I was single or before kids, fasting food was a lot easier. Um, because I could also give the time to prayer during meals. Um, 
but now fasting looks more like, I mean, I am giving up, you know, some food, but I'm not like praying in that meal time or, you know, like it might be a quick passing thought, like, Ugh, I have this obsession with this type of popcorn. And so that's what I'm giving up. So when I crave it, I have to like remind myself, you know, there's that old worship song that says like, Lord, you are more precious than silver, you, mm. know, you are more costly mm -hmm. than gold. Um, mm -hmm. And so I was craving that popcorn or like even craving chocolate the other day. And those lyrics come to mind, like, Lord, you are more comforting than chocolate. Like, you know, Lord, you are mm -hmm. more, uh, I can't think of the other lyrics, but anyway, that idea of like nothing I desire compares with you. Mm -hmm. And so even something as simple as like my favorite popcorn, nothing I, you know, nothing I desire that wants to meet that like quick need you know, nothing compares to God. So I'd say, mm. like, it used to be fasting food. Um, and now it's more, like, more time, you know, trying to find the time, whether in the morning before the kids get up or before Barry gets up, um, and just, you know, trying to spend time. But I say also I think my struggle with fasting sometimes is more um, trying to stick to the letter of the law mm -hmm. as opposed to the really the um the motivation behind it you know like yes i am not eating this and i'm gonna wait until sunday and i'm gonna you know whatever um instead of really being like okay lord i'm giving up i'm giving whatever this is i'm giving it up in order to create space for you mm -hmm. in order to say like nothing i desire compares to you um so sometimes that's a challenge mm-hmm yeah, yeah, that's good. How about you, Pastor Mac? Yeah, there's a lot of overlap between what what um, Rachel just said and what my my journey with fasting. Because I think originally when I was introduced to fasting, when I first became a Christian, it was an opportunity to kind of twist the arm of God, right? To obligate God mm. to move on your behalf. And so I kind of went into this fasting thinking that, man, you know, if I just prayed, God may do something. But if I fasted, God would definitely do something, right? So yeah. You had to yeah. do that. And so, but then that kind of evolved into this very unhealthy, almost eating disorder that I had where I lost like, I lost like 80 pounds one summer mm. um, from just like fat binging and stuff. And the Lord did some pretty miraculous things to free me of that. He actually sent a doctor when I asked him to, to tell me to stop fasting, you know, mm. and that happened. And so it, it's gone from there to me kind of really going on this journey of trying to reevaluate what is health overall, which has kind of led to me owning a gym and all of that kind of stuff kind of started there but also realizing what is healthy spirituality and healthy fasting, healthy seeking independence on God. And so um, it's kind of developed into now where I, I, I do fast when, when I feel like I need times of deeper supplication, right? I need to focus a little more on God really moving on my life in a specific way, you know? Um, but making sure that when I'm doing that, it's not essentially me trying to twist God's arm, but me just trying to lean more into what God is doing, right? And, and trying to be as, as scriptural as I can. I see people in scripture doing it. We see uh, uh, Esther doing it, right? Um, when she really needs an answer from God. So trying to do that and not fall into the same unhealthy habits that I've had. For that reason though, Rachel, I'm always cognizant of, am I becoming legalistic here? Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I would do conscious things at times, like just break a fast, just all, you know, just to make sure, just to know that I'm not trying to hang God's goodness on this thing, right? Type of thing. Um, and so that's been it, but it's also been actually, like I said, in tandem with this health thing, right? I had a doctor who, you know, with my, my, my digestive issues who would just say, all right, you got to fast now, you know? 
and it's really good for your body as well, you know. So, um, of course, we're talking about spiritual fasting here. So, you know, don't I'm not saying this is a weight loss strategy. I'm just saying that um, yeah. there, there are there are health benefits. But yeah, so for me, it's been this journey of trying to make sure that I'm maintaining healthy spirituality, that I'm truly seeking and depending on the Lord and not not going off on these binges and all these kinds of things. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, but all that to say. One of the things I've been fa- that I tend to fast from is not necessarily food, but from um, all of the different things that I tend to watch on my phone specifically. Like I tend to just be on Netflix and YouTube and all that stuff on the phone. And so I take this opportunity to kind of um, intentionally, when I would pick up the phone to look at something, instead I just go into reading scripture. That's what I do now during during Lent, you know. And um, it's really helpful, you know, in that sense. Yeah, that's good. That's a good, yeah, that's a good bridge to what I would say um, as well. Really similarly to you all, like I would say fasting from food isn't as much a part of my life right now in this season, but from media, particularly social media, particularly like just things that are time fillers that I find are like those just go-tos quick, you know, again, almost unknowingly, flipping your phone on and being on something and i've noticed um this lent in particular like i've you know moved some apps totally off the screen or or away from me um but then there would just be something else so it's like oh i'm not on on social media but i'm checking sports scores a ton more and it's like well then i just replaced one distraction for another so it's been a really for me fasting has always been this give and take of just being more aware right and it's not about doing it perfectly i think for me it's just been about noticing where I'm um, doing well at cultivating that space for God. And I think Mm -hmm. for me, the barometer has become how clearly I'm hearing from the Lord in scripture, right? Like, I think there's times when all of us go through, um, you know, reading the scriptures and it's like just words on a page, you know, like you're just reading something and cool story. I've heard this before. Right. And then there's other times that it's like alive and it's like, Oh, I needed to read these exact words today and here they are, you know, they came up in the lectionary. I didn't like throw the Bible open and they came, but these are the words I needed to hear. Um, or I'll hear, or I'll realize it in retrospect. I'll, I'll read in the morning and then I'll go through my day and something will happen. And I'll be like, Oh, I needed that scripture from this morning, you know, to be reminded, um, like even today in the gospel reading is Jesus saying something really simple. Like I know, I know where I came from and I know where I'm going. And that was like a reminder I needed for this day to really just be anchored in that truth that like God in the form of Jesus, never anxious, like just mm-hmm. knew where he was from, knew where he's going, not super concerned about all the other stuff going on in the world. And I needed that at different points throughout this day. And so I think for me, fasting has always been not so much about what I'm giving up, but what I'm getting by way of clarity, by way of hearing from God, by way of creating that space, by way of, yeah, having that extra time. Like you said, Leon, like if I'm not on this thing, then let me actually be on purpose on this other thing, which actually will give me life. Um, And so I think I've found that to be really helpful. Um, And so if you are a person who is wrestling with what is fasting about, is it legalistic? Is it, you know, whatever, hopefully you've heard in one of our answers, something that gives you a little bit of hope to engage in fasting. Um, If you, you were three weeks into Lent here, but there is, you could start now, um, or it's a good time to remind yourself of what you, why you chose to fast what you did um, and check in with yourself on how that's going um, at this point. 
And one last question um, before we jump off. I asked this to Rachel last week, so it's going to be really similar. So I'll ask you first, Pastor Mac, and then Amen. Rachel, if you want to add anything. But what for someone who would say, I don't feel it. I don't feel God dwelling with me. I read the devotional. I've, I've heard you say it. I've heard Jesus say it, that the Holy Spirit will never leave us. He'll always be with us. But like, I don't feel like God is with me. What's your encouragement to that person in this season um, who's saying like, I, I hear you say it's true, but it just, it's not my experience lived reality right now. Yeah. yeah. What would you say to them? Uh, persist. Yeah. Persist. Yeah. Just keep pressing in. Um, uh, often, very often it takes a while for our feelings to catch up with the reality mm. of our experience. So. Yeah, that's yeah. good. That's good. You want to add anything to that, Rachel? That's really similar to your keep on keeping on. So we're staying yeah. on our theme, but anything yeah. you want to add this week? Um, yeah. I would say, like, I, uh, Leon just sent out the uh, weekly worship email for me today. But mm-hmm. as I was writing that, one thing that came to mind is, and half of this is not, well, anyway, um, the idea that, like, you know, this idea of dwell, you know, that send forth your light and your truth, you know, let them guide me to the place where you dwell. This idea, it's like from Psalm 42, you know, like our deep is crying out to God's deep, this place, this desire, like I want to be where you are. Um, that that crying of our hearts to God, to dwell with him is not, it's not originally from us. Mm. It's God's heart for us. God longs for us to dwell with him. Before we ever, you know, felt that, he had that for us. And so I think if we are not feeling it, you know, if if we're having a hard time in this Lent season, I would just ask the Holy Spirit to remind us of God's desire for us. Mm. His desire is for us. He loves us so much. Mm. His desire is for us. And so... If we aren't feeling it, God is more than willing, and I would say even excited, to remind us of how much he loves us. And in that, that helps us, you know, to keep persevering. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. Yeah, I remember my therapist telling me about the Holy Spirit, like, this story of the two fish. You know, one fish says to the other, like, when do we get to the water? And the other one is like, you're in it, right? It's 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 not that we're not in God's presence. It's just so often we're unaware of it. And so I love what both of you have said. And the only thing I would add just as a way of encouragement to wrap this up is to say um, you're in it. Like God is with you. And if you're not feeling it, that's okay. Um, it's still true. It's true. Um, you know, whether, whether you believe it, whether you want to believe it, whether it doesn't feel like it is true. God is with you. This is the promise that Jesus has made for those of us that follow him, that the Holy Spirit would indwell with us and that we would never be left. We would never be forsaken. And so I pray, um, that you will be reminded of that this week, um, that in your seeking to dwell with God, you would come to the realization that God is already dwelling with you. Um, right where you are, right in this moment, God is with you, that you would feel that um, richly, deeply, and know that you are loved. Um, and let that be what spurs you on to continuing to walk towards being a person who looks and loves more like Jesus. So um, thank you guys for joining me this week. And uh, church family, as always, if you've got questions, feel free to reach out to us. Leon, 
Benjamin or Rachel at RedeemerATL.org. Not all three of those at once, but either one of those um, or all of us. We would love to talk with you, um, pray for you, with you, anything you need from us. We are here for you. So thank you guys and God bless you. Have a great week. Peace.